Welcome to this week's episode of the Ramble and Runnels podcast, hosted by Jesse Runnels. Um, this week it'll be a solo episode, so no Jill. Sorry, folks. Maybe next episode. Maybe next episode or soon, Jill will do a solo episode where it's just Jill. So that'll be a change from the recent dynamics. Um, I know this is, a well, almost been doing this podcast for a year, and, uh, it's been 30 episodes or so, 30-something, so, um, I just want to thank everybody who's listened over that, uh, span of time, that, um, you know, thanks for listening, and it's been a, a great, a fun journey, and I've enjoyed this whole podcasting experience, um, yeah, the, the reason why it's been kind of difficult, uh, just recently within, I think from what August till now for doing podcasts has been the, um, just cause of my work schedule and my new job, like I work nights now, so it's kind of a little difficult with the schedule of working nights to try to include Jill on some of these episodes, but, um, I asked her earlier, and she said it was alright for me to do one by myself, and I was yearning for the mic this week, I was yearning to do an episode, so here I am, folks, um, so, I uh, just wanted to get that all, all the way, um, so what happened this week? Between last week, uh, and, uh, the the debates happened, which is pretty cool. Is it was on PBS or Politico, whichever. I don't know who actually. It, it was it was on the PBS channel, I think. Organization Politico was who put up the debate. I'm not sure. Something like that. But anyway, so this debate this week was interesting. But uh, before I get into the debates, also what happened was Donald Trump got uh, impeached by the House. So the House formally impeached Donald Trump. And now the Senate, uh, it has to have a trial. Um, Also, Nancy Pelosi is holding the impeachment until, I guess, the Senate's ready or something like that. So... We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I'm not getting my hopes up because not a single uh, Republican voted in the House for Donald Trump's impeachment. So I assume a similar thing will happen within the Senate. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's not really a vote. It's a trial in the Senate. So I kind of want to see how the chips fall. But... Now I got that out of the way. Let's talk about the debates. Uh, so seven candidates made it to the debates. Um, let me see if I can name them all. Senator Klobuchar, Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, Pete Buttigieg, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. Andrew Yang and Tom Steyer. Those were the seven candidates who made the uh, the December debate. 
they changed the uh, prerequisites or requirements for this debate by you had to, like, get so many, like, votes from those primary states, like, what was it, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, so, um, and so many donors or something like that, so some people didn't make the debates in December, uh, like, uh, Pan, uh, Tulsi Gabbard and Cory Booker and some other, I don't know, like, uh, Bloomberg wasn't there either, but he just joined the race, but, um, but also, I mean, everyone knows Kamala Harris dropped out, and then who dropped out? Beto O'Rourke. I was kind of surprised by Beto dropping out, but whatever. I could kind of see the writing on the wall for Kamala. But, I mean, whatever. Um, I didn't get to watch the whole debates, um... But, um, the parts I watched were entertaining. Like, I watched when they said, when they asked uh, Elizabeth Warren, um, he'll be the oldest president ever elected. And then, um, she retorted by saying, uh, I'll be the youngest woman ever elected. So I thought that was pretty good. That was a good one. She came back. That was a, that was a hot take, as we like to say in the, in this podcasting industry but um anyways uh yeah so uh i didn't really watch the debates but i just i read a tweet today from andrew yang who i'm he's the one i want to be nominated for democratic for president but we'll see um he said what was his tweet his tweet he said that he went from being you know non-existent in the polling to fifth so uh he said what he said in his tweet it's it's a lot harder from going from a ghost to to fifth from fifth to first and he had a little smiley face emoji after that so i like that he's in good spirits he's optimistic and i'm i'm shooting for him to go to number one you know, all the other candidates are, uh, you know, old fossils. It's, it's time to change the guard. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, I, I, out of all the old candidates, I like Bernie the best, and or probably, and or Elizabeth Borden, Biden, I'm not a big fan of, but, I mean, whatever. I, I guess I would like him better than Donald Trump if I had to pick, but he's not my favorite candidate. But, uh, you know, it's time to, you know, kick these boomers out, you know. But, whatever. But, um, so between the debates and now, I also listened to, uh, I don't know if anyone's listened to this podcast, but, uh, the H3H3 podcast, uh, I'm also a big fan in listening to podcasts besides putting them out. So that's what probably got me into doing this, is I like podcasts for a long time now, and Anyways, I digress. Um, so he Andrew Yang went on the H three H three podcast. If you haven't heard of this podcast, it's hosted by Ethan Klein and his wife Hila. Hila, and uh, he Ethan and his wife are huge uh, 
Yang Gang supporters. That's the 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 name for the yeah, Andrew Yang supporters. I'm part of the Yang Gang, you could say, and some other people I know. But anyways, um, he was on there, and uh, it was a good podcast. It was good to hear um, all the things he said. Um, I won't say everything about the podcast, but uh, it, it seemed like he talked about his performance in the debate, and he went well, and he kind of talked about how it went. He talked about his campaign process and everything he's going through. I won't say everything about the podcast. Honestly, I don't know if I necessarily remember everything, but I, I remember some things. But um, it was a good podcast. You guys should listen to it. Um, but I I look forward to Andrew Yank's further campaign, and uh, I'm enjoying, you know, what he's going through. Uh, I will say this, though. He did say... I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but it, it kind of makes sense. I don't know how it necessarily work. He he was saying, like, because um, he was talking about the opioid epidemic and the, like, one family you can point to who's made billions off this, like, that Purdue family or whatever, off the uh, opioids themselves, like, making them as prescriptions in this country. And, um... He was saying that, uh, like, the, 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 he would, if he was elected president, he would try to make a law where opioid use is, is legal for personal use. So, like, I guess the selling of opioids would still be illegal, but the, but using them personally is, would be legal. And, um... I, I mean, I, I, it's just, like, I, I have some kind of uh, trepidations or, or I don't know, I just kind of have some issues, not all issues, um, is that I think that, um, like, I don't know how that would work necessarily, like, like there's a lot of uh, dynamics there, I don't know if it would keep people from selling heroin. I don't know. I hope so. But I, I do also, if that became a law, I could see where it might uh, it might keep people from overdosing, which is a good thing. So I, that that's the one thing I remember taking away from that podcast. But if it works, I'm for it. But if it doesn't, I don't know. I mean, it... I mean, it is something, he's actually dealing with that issue, and no other president is actually dealing with that issue. There is an opioid crisis in this country, and the current laws aren't addressing them. So, actually, I, I kind of, now that I'm saying all this and thinking about it, he's actually doing something about it, and no other president has, so that, or, or no other president currently hasn't address the issues, so, I like that, so, yeah, like, um, I'm for Andrew Yang, um, also during this week I was talking to a co-worker about, like, what his political platform originally is, like, the, he's the universal basic income, $1,000 a month for, uh, adults 18 years and above, so if you're above the age of 18, 
and older, you will receive a thousand dollars a month with the freedom dividend. So, um, I, I and it, the, my coworker said that he was saying that it would make people lazy, that they would just live off a thousand dollars a month, and that's it, they wouldn't work. And I mean, I personally wouldn't do that. I would try to invest the money, save it, whatever. And I I get his point, though. I get what he's saying. Um, I guess the the only data that we could pull from is uh, is unemployment down in Alaska because Alaska right now participates in universal basic income. And I think they're a red state even, and they're doing that. But they do it because of the oil thing, like that big oil pipeline and all that. So that's how they get UBI. But uh, I, I'm I'm for it personally. Uh, I think it addresses some issues of disparity of uh, job opportunities in this country that are dwindling because of these one percent companies like Amazon using um taking away retail and companies going to automation for how they manufacture and stuff like that and like who knows maybe we'll see uh truck drivers eliminated in the next 10 years so that's something to think about too so yeah the the you know the Donald Trump saying the economy's good based upon the stock market doing better is it's not addressing all the issues. Uh jobs are going away and and no one's talking about that. And oh also I remember what he was saying is that like uh the disparity of wealth has changed between like the uh you know, the boomers to Gen X to what like my generation the millennials like you're gonna start seeing like what he was saying you might start seeing people working way longer than before like before they retire like people might start working their whole lives so and it's kind of scary to think about i'd like to retire one day but we'll see but um anyways that's all i have to say about the the political landscape, um, let's get into some other topics that I found, um, I found this interesting while scrolling or browse, I like to browse, uh, cnn.com for my news, I don't know who, I don't know who else does that, but that's, that's what I do, um, I like to read my news personally, then watch it, because you'll, if you watch the news, they'll give you a lot of negative things, like murders and that sort of bad news that I rather not here but uh anyways i found this interesting according to a uh publication a magazine something like that in austria the was it called the lonely planet i think that's the name of them in austria they said that in 2020 uzbekistan will be uh number one for travel and I thought that was, I was like, well, Uzbekistan? Who wants to go to Uzbekistan? But according to the article, I was reading through it, like, um, it'll be easier to go to Uzbekistan because they're eliminating the visa that you need to get to go there. So just a passport. And um, then 
they said um, it's got like untouched history, so that'd be cool to see, like old buildings and mosque or whatever. And then like good food and, you know, all the other kind of attributes that somebody would want to see when going to a country, like culture and that sort of thing. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, that's about all I know about that. I, I, didn't, I was surprised that anyone would say Uzbekistan. And it kind of makes sense that anyone... They said untouched history, so that, that's kind of cool to, like, um, go and see, like, actual buildings that were probably the same from their time period. You, you don't get that opportunity in a lot of places. And like, Rome, for instance, I'm sure, is touched. Like, they make it look like that. I mean, they sure, they preserve what they can, but, yeah, they've polished it up some, so... That I think that's interesting. So, um, also, uh, what else I have here? Uh, Isaiah Thomas gets a two-game suspension for confronting a fan. Isaiah Thomas is a basketball player for the Washington Wizards, and he um, he confronted a f a fan. In the during the game, uh, I don't know if it was in D.C. or where, but uh, no, it was in Philly. It was in Philly. That's right. So he got a two-game suspension for for that. So I'm gonna play the uh, the video here here in a second. So you, what you what you heard there, like they said, uh, there was about two and a half minutes, two minute, about three minutes left on the clock in the fourth quarter. He had twenty points. They ejected him even, and they removed the fans that were disrespecting Isaiah Thomas. Like they said, "F you," and the guy did it just so the guy would miss the three throws so he could get a frosty at Wendy's. That was his motivation for saying F you. So that that's kind of crazy. But, um, yeah. But, um, so Isaiah Thomas got a two-game suspension just for saying, Hey, man, I have a family. Can you not do that? Can you not talk to me like that? And I think that's a little absurd. But, like, he didn't do anything... Like, he was respectful about it. Like, he just kind of told him, don't do that. And, but, whatever, man. It's kind of egregious what the league did. But, what? Oh, we'll move on. Poor Isaiah Thomas. But life goes on. But um, I also want to talk about the state. 
of the New Orleans Pelicans. I haven't been able to watch them because Sling got rid of Fox Sports New Orleans, and I can't watch all the games. I've watched some of the games. Um, I'm really impressed with Brandon Ingram post uh, AD New Orleans Pelicans era because he left and went to the Lakers, and the Lakers are doing well right now. But whatever, I don't care. AD's a traitor, if you ask me. But, um, yeah, Brandon Ingram is putting up 25-plus points a game so far this season, and that's a 30-plus game. So I think he's playing as, playing as good as he can. And um, he's trying to live up to his potential, and I I really respect that. He, he came from under LeBron's thumb, not being able to, you know, do what he could, but or I don't know, like he he's trying to make the best of his opportunity, and he's in a contract year, and I'm I would be very happy if the New Orleans Pelicans resigned uh, Brandon Ingram. Um, personally, I think uh, we got Lonzo Ball in that deal, and another player, Josh Hart, I think. Uh, Lonzo Ball, I feel like he's a good passer. But I, I just think he is what he is. Like Kendrick Perkins said on uh, ESPN the other day, he said he's a bust. I'm almost willing to go down there. I mean, he hasn't really done anything. Like, he's supposed to be this number two pick, and he's he's kind of middle, of the, like, come off the bench point guard, really, at this point, as far as his skill like he's not a he's got he can't really shoot well he's i i i think he is what he is and um and then they're talking about uh trading drew holiday and um i don't know if drew wants to stay in new orleans i thought i heard something about him asking to leave i'm not sure about that um but we'll see if I mean I'm not, I'm open to a Drew Holiday trade. Um, I like Drew Holiday. I'll be sad to see him leave, but um, I've I'm I'm kind of numb and uh, accepted that players want to leave New Orleans now, and um, um, I'm more a fan of the team than the players, I guess at this point. Or I don't know. It's just I, you know, I was kind of hurt by AD leaving, but I'm I'm over it now. So if Drew wants to leave, Drew can leave. It's fine. Um, I just don't know who we'd get for him. I think we should uh, we should get a good point guard rather than a shooting guard if that's who we're gonna get. Like um, somebody like I don't know. I think I'd be willing to get somebody like Ricky Rubio or. Uh, like a good passer. I want a good passer. And that's the only person I could think that's a great passer. Or a good... He's a decent passer. So, we'll see. Um, you know, it's still season's still early. Um, I can't wait for Zion to come back and be healthy. Because he's hurt right now. So, um, yeah, that's the current state of the New Orleans Pelicans. So, um, I think that's all I got for this episode. Um... I hope you guys enjoy, and um, 
If there's any subject matter, please uh, DM me on Instagram or uh, Facebook. Message me on Facebook. Um, my various social media accounts are just Jesse Runnels on Facebook, Jesse Dot Runnels on Instagram, and at Jesse underscore Runnels on Twitter. So, um. Please like and subscribe to my podcast. You can find it on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, and um, I'm sure other various uh, places. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast, and um, thanks for listening.